When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Also, the incredible people and all the great shows at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and also these guys, too, at Lakerholics.com. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, I'll tell you what, V. Garcia, I will go and put on my Lakers hat here in a second because it's a great time, once again, to be a Lakers fan. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give myself some street credit here because I, on Sunday, I said, everybody, stay calm, stay calm. It's going to be all right. I'm usually the negative guy. I'm usually the glass half empty, as Mr. Laker Tom would say. But you know what? I was the guy that was glass half full. I didn't go screaming and ranting the whole hour. I didn't make too many major complaints. I just said one thing that's got to go right is AD has got to go ahead and take a look at himself and said, you know what? I had that bad game every five games. I had that bad game, and I'm going to go ahead and make sure I don't have it again. And my goodness, he came to play today, 34 points, 21 free throws alone, aggressive to the T, just the way we like to see it. Also as well, 10 rebounds and 7 assists. LeBron James chipped in with 23. Very solid game by him. I'm going to say a very solid game. Kind of was in and out in the fourth quarter, kind of let the other guys do their thing. And in this case, it was the right move in a lot of ways. But he did hit some clutch shots down the stretch. Also provided nine assists. Andre Drummond, the bane of Laker Tom's existence, had a good game. Made Laker Tom proud. 15 points, 12 rebounds. And Dennis Schroeder, who everybody's been having a lot of questions about, had an awesome game. 24 points, just really solid play. And Alex Caruso came off the bench to provide a spark and hustle. Hustle, hustle, hustle. This whole team. Got the 50-50 balls. They really showed a lot to me today, and they came back strong and proved, even when they were down, even when they got down by three in the fourth quarter, they came back, and they came back strong and closed it out. And Phoenix, without Chris Paul for much of the second half with that injured shoulder, lost their composure. 
and they lost at home to the Los Angeles Lakers, 109 to 102, tying this series up at one to one. And here today to talk about today's game are two great guests indeed. I'm going to start with the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com himself. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. You know, this is something that I think a lot of the analysts out there who are providing a lot of smack said two things. AD played awful, but AD would come back strong. And AD even said himself the very same thing. No, it was a great game from AD uh, getting to the line, you know, 22 times. You know, the Lakers shot 27 of 31 free throws, which is really the key to the game. That's 87.1%, and a big part of it were the free throws from Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder, who are probably the best two free throwers on the team. Excellent supporting job done by to the superstars by Dennis Schroeder and by Andre Drummond, who played an excellent game. We had little contributions from a lot of people, but but the main thing that sort of jumped out at me is that there were a couple of players in the Lakers who were afraid to shoot the ball. Uh, Kyle Kuzma and KCP just were not in the game at all. They they hustled, they made a couple of good plays, but they wanted nothing to do with the ball at the end of the game or even in the clutch moments of the fourth quarter. So this was a game on LeBron, and I mean, I'm still a little worried about LeBron's health and his physicality because he settled for a lot of shots, and thank God tonight they went in. But boy, he took some very difficult long threes one step fade away and so forth uh, that came in. AD came through with a couple of clutch big baskets at the end, a couple of good defensive plays at the end. Give the Suns credit. They basically saw a repeat of a reversal of the game one where they were the one trying to get back 10 points down, trying to get it down to seven to six. They finally actually went into the lead by three and, and we were able to tie it up with a three. But they played a tough game. Got a great game from Cameron Payne. Alex, do not leave the guy out there all alone or in the corner. Please, you know, you're so far away from the play that you cannot help. Even though you want to drift into the paint, you cannot help and prevent the guy driving to the basket. All you're doing is leaving an open man. But a a gritty win. The Lakers needed this. There still be a lot of questions about LeBron's health going forward. Can AD consistently come back and and play like this for the rest of this series? Can the Lakers repeat what they did last year in the first two rounds and take the next three games and win the series in five? We've got two games coming to Staples. Fortunately, we'll only have about 35% capacity in Staples compared to, you know, I, I think that I think the Suns had pretty close to a full stadium. That's yeah, what my daughter kept telling me. She's like, "Dad, it looks like a full house." I'm like, <laughs> "It is a was a full house." I, I mean, was like, "I was, I was first telling her, no, no, it can't be." I'm so like, forth. "Well, it does look like a full house." Yep. Listen, the fans will be there at Staples. We were fortunate to come out of here with two with a win and a loss. We've got home court advantage over them now, so now we have to take advantage of that and win the two games at home and hold hold serve for ourselves take a 3-1 lead, and uh, then hopefully we can close them out. But good series. I'm I'm watching the score of the Clippers game. <laughs> yes, that right always... now. Oh, let me give them an update right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. As of right now, the... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, I'm sorry. 
Sorry, Clippers. Fans. This is the team the Clippers wanted to play instead of the Lakers, right? Exactly. And Dallas is leading with just one minute left. It is 123 to 116. I know the chat board, V Garcia is laughing. Felix is laughing. We're all laughing at the Clippers right now because you know what? This, like you said, this arrogance by the Clippers two years in a row, it's cost them and it's cost them big time. But also here today to talk about today's game is a good man indeed. You got to check out all the great comments that he makes at Lakerholics.com. It is L. Rob and L. Rob, great to have you here, my friend. You're looking sharp as always. I'll tell you what, you got a smile there on your face. You, you can't hold it back. It's always good to see you. And tell you what, especially on a day like this where you saw A.D., not only just answer the critics, but and it's funny because he's one of those superstars. And I heard hearing this on a podcast that he seems to be one of those superstars that has that one really lousy game, but then he has more two, three, four back to back to back that reminds you just how great he is. Yes, glad to be here, Gerald. I was smiling because I watched uh, the Clippers cut that to four and then Hardaway hit a three. I mean, they left yeah. him wide open. It's like, I mean, they're scoring, but they're giving up. I mean, they're. I mean, Luca went two straight line drives to the basket. I defense mean, is absolutely terrible. Yeah, defense is optional, boy. Anyway, uh, yeah, AD. You know, we all know how great he is. I mean, we're spoiled as Lakers fans because we are. We just used to our great players just really wanting it and and being just a little more consistently assertive than AD is. So, yeah, I mean, we know he, uh, you know, I trust in AD. People talk about him being soft. And I'm like, the playoffs will tell. You know, he proved last year he wasn't. And uh, I, I think he's going to prove it again this year. So LeBron's injury, we, we are concerned. You don't see the explosiveness on him. But, you, I mean, just having LeBron out there running the show. He's but you, and you going. saw that. Am I wrong, L. Rob? But in the fourth quarter, he did at periods of times he kind of let the other players take hold. And it wasn't just AD. It was, he kind of let Schroeder do some things. He yeah. kind of let Marcus Saul at the beginning of the fourth quarter, take a, a little bit more shots. It just kind of seemed like, yeah, I know he was up here there for minutes for him, close to 40, but still it just seemed like maybe it is the injury. Maybe it's not. It just, it seemed like there were periods of time where he picked and chose his spots. And, and yet, and still he had what, 23 points, nine assists. Yeah, um, you know, seven. Like the Four. like uh, like Tom said, you seen a lot of the guys were very hesitant. It wasn't just in the fourth quarter though. I mean, Kuzmak like he forgot to dribble. He had it. He had it twice, like a man advantage on the wing, yeah. and it's like you're a scorer, Kuz. Take the guy off the dribble, and then LeBron. I mean, he chewed into KCP down there. You know, at the at the end of the game because he passed up an open three. He's got an open three on the wing, and he passes it to Schroeder in the corner. It's yeah. like, you need to shoot that. Um, so He has no confidence he, right now. Yeah, Absolutely zero confidence. Up. But all he got to do is see one go through, and he, he can have a game where he hits five or six threes. So yeah. I'm really not that concerned about him. He's bringing the effort on defense, and he's, you know, he made uh, Booker work, and he, he played hard, and he scrapped. He came back for some of those loose balls that he came back and made sure he's secure. So he did what he was supposed to do, just – don't lose confidence. We didn't get a lot of from the other guys. Um, drumming was solid. I mean, Mark, he, you know, he helped two big threes. Horton didn't really do much. Yeah. Wes Matthews um, really couldn't get into the flow. He didn't play many minutes. So, I mean, this was 
like you guys said, it was all about the superstars. It was about AD. It was about LeBron. It was about Dennis. And Drummond set a good tone, too. So it was good. I just think they need to, they can beat, they can beat up Phoenix. You know, later on, we're going to need the small lineup. And they went to it the last three and a half minutes. And, you know, I think they were up one when they came back from that timeout, 93-92. And yeah. it took it all out after they, you know, after they didn't get a shot off and had shot clock issues. I mean, Lakers didn't get great shots after that. I think LeBron hit that tough fadeaway on the baseline. Then, then, then AD hit a three. But they were better on defense. Their defense was much better. AD came, blocked Aiden, and they shut shut the they shut Phoenix down. I don't think they scored with that lineup in until Booker got fouled, maybe a minute left in the game. So yeah, um, solid win, business as usual. Um, this team will go home and handle our business. And Phoenix, you know, they you give them credit; they're playing gutsy. I don't think that, and they just don't have the firepower. I don't think overall to beat the Lakers four times. So we'll see. I was going to say this, uh, Rob, and holding their defense, right? Now, their defense has been great both games, 99 and 102. I mean, if you ask me, like I said the other day, if you ask me, if they, if they hold Phoenix to a, a average about 100 points a game, that's what you're going to do. You keep get yourself in the game. You keep yourself in the game by doing that. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Defense was, I mean, we, we, that's, we are a defensive team. Vogel is a defensive coach. You know, you 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 want to see, you know, you you want to see Macklemore out there. You, I mean, you you're itching to see somebody who can bust out and get some buckets. Um, the West, the rate, the rest of these guys are shooting it. So, you know, he's going to go with the uh, proven guys and guys who's going to be a little more grittier and play a little bit more defense. That's who he is as a coach. That's the kind of identity he wants. And uh, I think that's probably a big part of why he prefers to uh, stick with the bigger lineup a little bit because I think it um, just gives them more of a physical defensive presence. So, so yeah, that's who we are. That's it's great. I mean, defense has been good. Phoenix, how do you feel for Chris Paul? Man, you just, you know, another year in the playoffs, you know, and he's, he's another injury. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, you know, he's had some decent playoff runs. He's hit some big shots. I mean, I know against San Antonio one year, he hit that big shot to, to beat them when he was with the Clippers and, Houston, he had a big shot to beat uh, to beat Golden State one game. So he's had some moments, but it seems like you know, just one of those things that at some point he gets tweaked, and you hate to see it because they have really no chance without Chris Paul. No, they don't. But I'm not counting him out either. I think they're that they're going to try and do the best they can to get him out on the court on Thursday. So I'm not uh, discounting anything at this point in time. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. 
That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Once again, the Lakers did win 109 to 102 in Phoenix. It's the Lakers fast break. Wanted to give everybody a heads up that we've got a great chat board just going crazy right now. Awesome to see everybody going ahead and, and sharing their thoughts on that. Felix, Bully Ball, V Garcia, the Wolf came in hitting threes tonight. Go Gasol. And that's something that you had mentioned, Laker Tom, is, you know, obviously getting Gasol some minutes in there. They did not play Montrez Harrell. He was the, the odd man out tonight. But what you saw instead was an effective performance from Gasol, maybe not on the defensive end so much, but you did see it as far as that three-point shot, spacing everything out, having to go ahead and get him on the outside so that opens things up a little bit more. And then you also saw Drummond on the inside making life tougher for DeAndre Ayton. Well, you know, I was actually very impressed with Ayton. I thought he's been at least the times that I've watched him this year, he's been very inconsistent. And there were a couple of Laker games where he was really ineffective. Um, but these last two games, he's, he's had double doubles and 20 points in both games. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about him not shooting. You know, yeah, he can't shoot no, 10 for I mean, 11 because uh, he shot 11 for 13. So I, I'm not going to say anything more about that. I mean, if all he's getting is dunks and layups. Yep. Yeah. That's but he made, he, couple, he, made a, he made a couple of impressive drives to the basket. He's definitely a force. He's got some size and position inside. And then and then when you've got a guy like Cameron Payne coming in, taking over for Chris Paul and, and lighting it up and hitting some really clutch shots that kept them in the game at key moments, you have to give credit for that. And then in Booker's, Booker's very difficult to stop. And he's one of those guys that gets every little touch from the referee. He's um, so smooth, though, too, with his jumper. You know, it's he's... He's very difficult. We don't have anybody to stay in front of him is the no. problem. Well, I don't think he, he, gets the guy, he, gets in, he gets the guy in the hip. He gets a guy on his hip by the defender trailing and following him. And that's a bad strategy to play defensively with him because once he gets him on his hip, he's he's looking for that little that little mid-range jumper from the free throw line in. And, uh, and he's very effective with that. He must shoot about 70% when he's doing those little shots. So, you know, it's – the Lakers need – contributions from everybody and that's what they're not getting right now you, you figure that if you go into the game and you expect Kuzma and KCP to give you two points you might not expect the Lakers to win in that situation because all it takes is just one other player not coming through and producing and and you're really behind the eight ball or if Chris Paul would go crazy and then come out and have a 30-point game which he's capable of doing yeah, even though yeah. he's only averaging on 10 points a game so it's a good win for the Lakers. We've always felt that they were a better matchup against the Suns than most of the other playoff teams that we're going to be facing. I think the play of Aiton has sort of swung that that sort of favoritism that the Lakers had in the matchups and has equalized it a little bit. And, uh, and sort of the fear of taking the shots by the some of the Lakers players, primarily Kenny and and. Uh, Kuz has really sort of evened the series. And we saw that in this game and the last game. Both games were fairly close, you know. We fouled way too much. I mean, you talk about us getting 27 out of 31. They shot, I think, 28 out of 32 or something like that. They were going to the line over and over. It wasn't, wasn't anything like the first half of the, of the first game where they didn't get to the line at all. And I got to the line 12 times in the second half. They got there almost 30 times in the game. 
So uh, I'm sure Vogel's message is we have to defend without fouling. You know, that's the big thing that really killed us this time. You give up 28 points from the free throw line to the other team and and you really are fortunate to win in that particular case. We took care of the ball, only seven turnovers. And that was, I think, a big part of, of why we were successful. Um, we're a team that averages 15 turnovers a game. So all of a sudden to have taken care of the ball was really important. You know, it's uh, back to Staples Center now. We have home court advantage. Let's hope our fans can come out and and scream as loud as, you know, 20,000 fans did in, in uh, Arizona. And uh, we can have a home court advantage. I'd like to see us get a blowout win on Thursday and then sort of cinch the series by taking a 3-1 lead on Sunday. That would be awesome to see. I'm hoping so. I mean, the Lakers have been kind of shaky at home this year, so we'll see what happens. Maybe they can get their mindset a little bit better and be a little bit more assertive at home. And L. Rob, I want to hit you up with that is – how can they find something that they haven't really found consistently all year long at home? Because they've been playing well on the road, regardless, even when they're hurt, they always seem to play very well on the road because of the defensive style that they have always keeps them in games, but it's not always kept them consistently in the lead at home. How can you go ahead and find the focus to go ahead and win the next two and make it extremely difficult for Phoenix to go ahead and come back in the series? Well, I, I really think we'll, one of these games will be a comfortable win. We'll, we'll, we'll get them by double-digit 15 points or something like that, one of the games. So the other one will probably be uh, like tonight's game where we've got to, you know, make some clutch plays down the stretch. So it's just about LeBron was in KCP's ear. It's about, you know, remaining confident. And this is uh, – You've been through it. You know, those guys that haven't even been through the wars, they don't know what it's like. So guys like Kuz and KCP um, and, and and Caruso, they've been through it last year. So those guys as role players got to step up and be, and be ready to shoot. I mean, simple as that. I think they will. I think they will. I mean, they can't and that's something. Well, they that's something that's always been. Physically, that's for sure. Well, that's something that's always been traditional as far as role players play much better at home yeah yeah i did have a question for you guys though yeah how concerned were you when the game was tied with those last with you know last four or five minutes well even when they were down by as much as three that was concerning Mm -hmm. that the lakers would lose their composure but you saw chris paul's not there to steadying them out out there and i thought that was crucial for the phoenix suns that they did not have that steadying force out there even if he was hurt he was not out there in those last three minutes. That was a crucial part. The last three minutes where the Lakers found that separation and where Phoenix lost their composure. I think right there and then you saw the youth of Phoenix and the experience of the Lakers right there. Tom? Yeah. So I think it's there's also an element of intimidation. The one thing that really struck out to me as I watched the end of the game and I was a little concerned, but I wasn't overly, you know, I wasn't panicked and thought that it was the end of the world when we went down by three with five minutes left. But what happened in this game is the same thing that happened in the playoffs last year, which was that the guys making the threes were LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Hmm. You know, last year, neither Bron or Davis even shot the league average from three. They were both 
under 33% for the regular season. And they both shot 38, 39% in the playoffs. LeBron, I think a lot of his threes tonight were settle threes, but they went in. Uh, ADs weren't settle threes. He was confident that he was going to hit those threes. And that last one he took was, was basically a dagger three to try to win the game. And that really basically set us ahead by seven points, which made the difference. So when you look at the various things that come out of this game that you can interpret to influence the future of the series, it's LeBron and AD hitting those big threes and, and really being able to stretch the floor that uh, was a big key to this game and was a big key to winning the championship in almost every one of the series that we went through last year. So sometimes the three ball is the last thing that comes back when you come back from an injury and you haven't played, you know, in a while. I'm hoping that LeBron is just sort of working his way back in and that hopefully by the time we get, let's say, to the conference finals, we might be able to see the LeBron recover almost 100%. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, and if AD can continue to just focus on doing the things that he's capable of doing and coming out aggressive every game and not settling. Uh, I thought that there was a good point made uh, by one of the announcers that almost all of AD's shots inside of the inside of the three-point line, almost all of those shots were made while he was going toward the basket as opposed to fading away. And that's a good sign for us because that's, that's the whole key to the aggressiveness, and it's it's the whole conundrum that you have about Anthony Davis, let's say, being a soft player or not being a power player, being more of a Pau Gasol-type center rather than a Shaquille O'Neal center. But when he's attacking and going to the rim, it's pretty hard not to foul him. And if he can get 20 free throws, that's a pretty big formula for for having a very good shooting percentage for the day. Uh, so terrific game by May D., Terrific game from LeBron, uh, even though he was obviously still not 100%. Dennis Schroeder, those are the kinds of games that you need from Dennis. He took care of the ball. He made his free throws. He got he got to the line over and over. And as much as I have criticized uh, Andre Drummond, I thought this was his best game that he's had as a Laker. He was under control. He only had a couple of turnovers. And he really chose some good spots. I mean, he made some really clutch plays of getting good timing as to when to cut into the lane, when to aggressively rebound and so forth. I still thought he struggled a little bit on defense, but I was glad to see that uh, he had a good game. We couldn't have won the game today if he hadn't played as well as he played. There was also Alex Caruso, who I think also played a pivotal role. No, it doesn't show up in the box scores, but he did score that basket late. Very, very good because everybody thought they were going to be passing around around the outside to stall for time, and he went right to the basket and scored. But I think on the defensive side and his hustle, there were plays where – there's one play where he went from the three-point line, got screened off, lost his man, picked up another man, and actually blocked DeAndre Aiden's shot. I thought that yes. hustle going yes. through there, it just – it shows you the kind of grit that he has – picking up those loose balls, doing those things that you need to do, and obviously trying to go ahead and play face-up on on uh, Booker as best he can. I think he was a great spark tonight. I think that the bench did underwhelm for the most part, but Gasol 
and also as well Caruso. They really helped out. And L. Rob, uh, before we head on out to the playoffs coverage uh, of it, and we'll get everybody up to speed on that. I want to hear your thoughts on on Caruso and Gasol and what they brought to the tonight's game. Well, Gasol brought that championship experience, and he he does give them spacing, so he can you know he can um, hit that three ball. And Caruso brought the activity. He he did what he did best on defense, and just was active. So and I mean I, even Kuzma played decent defense, and he was mixing it up inside. He had a, couple, so, he had a good block. Yeah, defensively, most of the guys who was in there played well. You know, that pick and roll is tough. Drummond and, and Casal struggled, and they took advantage of it. They just, you know, continually milked that and got to the basket and got uh, layups on them. So that's a problem, but that's a problem that can't be solved when you're playing, uh, you know, a big like uh, Drummond or uh, or Mark. Uh, give uh, Phoenix credit. They were milking it, and they figured it out. And that, I mean, that's how Aiden got spoon-fed for, you know, probably – four or five of his buckets like that so yeah but some of that was on the guards too man it's like you know like a couple of, like dennis, in front of your man yeah dennis was chasing pain in the backcourt and i mean giving him a free lane to the basket so he drives down and throws a lob up to to aiden i mean what your big man you know this he's got to come out for guys driving straight to the rack so some of that is on the guard play uh, i didn't think dennis had one of his better defensive games but fortunately uh, he made up for an offense. I mean, he hit a couple threes, and so he was, yeah, he was, he was good. But I mean, the bench can be better. You know, they they were okay defensively. They just need to be better offensively. They can. I mean, they're better players than they've shown today. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Well, hopefully that'll be the case that it does hold to tradition that the role players will play better at home and we'll get some better performances from guys like Wes Matthews, guys like Kyle Kuzma. If we can get anything from those guys and continue to get what we get from Gasol slash Harrell and Caruso, obviously, that's something that was going to be make it much easier for us you know, to go ahead and pick up those two next two games starting on Thursday. So make sure everybody is tuned in to us here at the Lakers Fast Break because game three is Thursday. And we're going to go ahead and make sure that we're here for the post-game show right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, guys, and before we hear what you're working on at LakerHolics.com, 
Want to give a big shout out to everyone out there that's been on the chat board. So thank you so much to V, Felix, everybody that's been involved. Just tremendous, tremendous time indeed. Carlos Ramirez, thank you so much for being part of today's broadcast. But before we head on out, we will hold to what we're going to go ahead and do, and that is update you on the NBA playoffs, starting with what we've been chuckling about, not only in the chat boards, but here on the show, is that the Clippers have managed to go ahead and once again lose at home to the Dallas Mavericks, 127 to 121. So they are now down 2-0. And Tom, I'm going to give you the pleasure of commenting on this first like you had mentioned during the show, that they actually chose to tank those that last week so they could try to avoid the Lakers. Sure seems like it was a mistake now. You know that somewhere there's a blackboard in the Mavericks dressing room that has some reference to that decision, and uh, I'm sure that that really was used as motivation. I saw Kawhi had 41 points, so he obviously had a big game. Paul George had a big game, too. Luca had, as usual, a terrific game, and uh, but no defense. Yep, I mean, when they give it, there's a seventy. I think it was like seventy-three to seventy-one at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a shootout by by any stretch of the imagination. But the Clippers lost two games at home, man. Now they're right. going to go to Dallas down yeah. 0 Go ahead. Well, they better split. <laughs> if they don't split, they're not coming home to LA. Yeah, that's for sure. But go ahead, El Ron. No, I was saying that the uh, Mavs shot 59%. So, yeah, you're not going to win too many games when the other team is shooting 59%. And Tim Hardaway's, you know, he's in a groove, man. They cut it to four. Did, did Kawhi guard uh, Luka like he said he was going to? <laughs> That's what we're going to have to check out the highlights. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he started off on him. I was, uh, I was, I was um, kind of switching back and forth earlier, and I caught some of it. So, uh, it seems like he was defending him, but you know, Luca's a bad man, so he's going to be yeah. tough for anybody to handle. But yeah. uh, Kawhi, um, you can't put Pat Beverly on him. He he just doesn't have the body, the size. Paul George is not strong enough, so Kawhi's really their best option. Well, and then but the thing is, point, here you can't let Tim Hardaway hit six out of eight threes. You can't. I mean, you can't give up sixty percent shooting. So. Um, no matter how many points you score, if the other team is shooting like that, then you're in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah, shot 53% from three. Yeah, that, that's yeah. just terrible defense. And the thing is, I think you're right, L. Rob. I did see already some times where they were trying to go ahead and have Kawhi on Luka, but switching. It's that switching defense. And, yeah. and again, if that's the case, you're just hunting out mismatches. As Tom will always tell you, you're just hunting out, out mismatches and playoff P, Paul George and Kawhi are supposed to be these legendary defenders, and they're just not getting the job done. Even on the other players, Tim Hardaway hitting threes, Christoph Porzingis chipping in with his own. Then you've got Jalen Brunson coming off the bench for them, and they've been providing all this offense. And to me, that spells doom. All they have to do is just go ahead, and if they can get this game three in Dallas, I think everybody out there, it's all over. They may not even get split, in my opinion. I think they're going to get game three, the Clippers. Yeah, I give them credit for that. But if they don't, then it might be just over. They might be mentally just done after that. Yeah. And then you could go ahead with the speculation. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a good laugh about it if that was the case here on the show. Maybe, but also – Maybe we severely overrated them. 
I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. But they, you maybe know what? It's case, maybe it's on us. Maybe we underrated the uh, Mavericks. Well, but also they overrated themselves because yeah. this is two years in a row. They've come in very confident. They've come in talking a lot of smack. They've been acting with mannerisms like we talked about with tanking in that last week to uh, try to go ahead and match up against the Mavericks, which they thought was their preferential first round for them over the Lakers and over the Trailblazers, then that's on them. You know, right. this is exactly yeah. like you said, the matchup they wanted. And it's yeah. all on them that they can't get the job done. Disrespecting and, the basketball gods. Yep, yep, it is indeed. But I'll tell you one team that's not disrespecting the basketball gods, and that is in the other game tonight. I hear all the time about how you need to play together, you need to play together. Well, Brooklyn hasn't played much together. And they're destroying Boston. Uh, a series that's over. This series has been over since the second half tip in game one. And this looks very much like a sweep for Brooklyn, if not a gentleman sweep in five games. Tonight, they destroyed Boston at 130 to 108, took a commanding lead. Their big three just doing a great job. Again, they are looking very, very tough right away. So, uh, you know, all props to them. They're starting to really find their groove. Looks like they're if they're even close to being healthy, like Laker Tom says with the Lakers, they're close to being healthy. They're going to be a hard out for anyone. But there's a team out there that could match up with them because last night you had Milwaukee destroying Miami in game two. I think with Miami, game one was supposed to be the game that they wanted to take, that they should have taken. And unfortunately, they didn't. So they gave Milwaukee that mental edge that Milwaukee now feels that they can now beat them and chase the ghosts away from last year. And you saw that last night as they destroyed Miami. And now it heads back to Miami with Milwaukee leading two games to nothing. New York and Atlanta, they're playing tomorrow with Atlanta still leading on that Great shot by Trey Young, silencing the crowd in MSG. They're coming back tomorrow with Atlanta leading one game to nothing. And as L. Rob, I think you and Laker Tombo said, that was a great game at the Garden. But L. Rob, I'll, I'll hit you up first on this. I still think this is going six or seven. Yeah, I predicted the Knicks in seven. So I haven't seen anything that, you know, make you think otherwise. Atlanta has the more talented team. Uh, obviously, they have more firepower. I just think that. Knicks is gritty enough to still pull it off. So, but Trey Young is uh, he's up to his uh, his level of play. So, you know that's going to be tough. Uh, Julius had a particularly bad game. So, I think the Knicks, you know, they just feed off of Randall when he's playing better and kind of gives them a belief that they could uh, do special things. So, yeah. uh, I look forward to Knicks is a must win though. They need to win. They can't go down zero two and head back to Atlanta down two games. So. Real big game for them tomorrow, and I expect them to come back and uh, come back and uh, even the series. Okay. Boston, though, getting into the Nets game, yeah, I think their their minds are partially is partially in Cancun now. They <laughs> the team most likely to go one, two, three, Cancun. So, yep, uh, yep, they're gone fishing, as they would say on TNT. Yeah, they're, they're gone fishing. They're they're ready. They're hopefully uh, stop by the sporting goods store to check out some good fishing lines. So hopefully they can. Uh, Go ahead and, and have some time there. But they're also in the East. Philadelphia, Washington. This is also going to start up on Wednesday again. Laker Tom, we saw in that first game, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris score big for them. Do you think you're going to get a great performance from 
like that from Tobias Harris two games in a row? Or do you think they need it? At the two guards on Washington, they both have to have career-type games in order to stay with the Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a good defensive team. I think they were ranked second or third defensively. And so, uh, and, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's also the task of stopping Joel Embiid, who's, who's had, other than injuries, an MVP-type season. I thought that the 76ers were vulnerable a little bit just simply because they, they, tend, to have, they tend to have games where they just don't pay attention and uh, get upset. I think Harris has been playing extremely well, and uh, that's a big key for them. It gives them another scorer that they can count on. They've got a lot of guys who are, are more defensive players than they are offensive players. But I think that Philly's going to come through in that series. I think it'll probably go six. And I'll be interested to see Philly against Brooklyn. That's that's going to be the matchup that's probably going to determine who wins the East, East Division. Absolutely. It's going to be a, a battle indeed for the Eastern Conference with three great teams at the top. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. And I think that New York Atlanta series, like L. Rob was saying, is going to be it's going to be rough and tumble. Yeah. Yeah. The L. Rob, did you have any thoughts on Philadelphia, Washington? Washington's entertaining, but they just can't stop you. So Philly's going to win that. And what did I predict? Four. So, I mean, Washington probably may get one game back at home, but they just don't have the defense to slow up uh, um, Philadelphia, I don't think, when it counts. But they, they're entertaining and they're tough and they match up somewhat with Philadelphia. So they'll be in most of the game. So I wouldn't just slot the Nets into the conference final automatically. The Bucks is going to be very difficult. So that that's going to be a very good series, the, the, the Nets. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to that series. I can't wait for that one. You're right. That's going to be an excellent matchup. I think both those teams are going to dust off the heat and also as well, Boston. Those I, I think either four or five games in both those series, and I think they're both going to be ready for each other, so there's no excuses there. We'll go with Portland-Denver. That's tied. They split the two games in Denver. Tom, it goes to Portland now with a series that's tied. It's looking like, you know, Jokic had a great game yesterday, but he also got a lot more support, something he didn't have enough of in that first game. What are you looking forward to as they head to Portland in game three? I think Denver is going to exert themselves and take over the series. I just don't think that they have anybody who can really handle Jokic. And if if Michael Porter Jr. continues to shoot the way he has, that should give them a big advantage. You know, I, I just think it's as good as Dame and, and CJ are. It's hard just to carry the whole team with two guards like that. You both have to have almost like MVP-type performances in order to, to really be able to dominate a team that's that's got the MVP at center, you know, and uh, who's also a great passer. So you, you can't just, you know, if you just try to take the ball out of his hands, a lot of teams have found – that's an easy way to lose to the to, to Denver. So um, I still think Denver is going to come out of that situation. It could easily go six or seven games though, just because of just because of Dame's ability to all of a sudden nail four or five straight threes and make up a fifteen point difference, you know, in a flash. Yeah. Um, but you know, Denver's Denver's also got some scores, and you know, and it's it's interesting. I, I 
I've been looking at some of the numbers of the uh, playoffs this year versus last year and the TV ratings and so forth. And, you know, it's a lot of good series still going on. And I think that we're going to see, I think we're still going to see maybe one of the best first rounds we've seen in a long time with some real surprises. Al Rob, any thoughts on this series? Because it's going 1-1 back to Portland. Yeah, man, they, they, they struggled with Dame. So it helped when they switched Gordon on them. So um, right. too many injuries. I don't. I, I just think they don't have enough to, to beat Portland this year. Joker is going to have to just be incredible like he was in game two, four more games. I mean, he was 15 out of 20 from the floor. So, if, I mean, obviously, if he shoot like that, then then they can beat them. But, I mean, that's asking for, that's asking for a lot because he's not taking easy shots. You know, he's taking tough shots. He's got guys straight on him. Uh, they just rely on him so much. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., he can score some, but he's going to need to explode like CJ really, you know, to be that Batman for Joker to really give him a, a legit chance. And I just don't see that happening uh, for four games for, for Denver. So. I still like Portland, but it's going to be entertaining. You know, I see that one going right down to the wire. The last game I wanted to cover, I left specifically for the end because of the fact that it was – I want to talk to you guys about this because Memphis did pull off the upset in game one at Utah. They lead the series one game to nothing, and I think everybody is thinking that tomorrow when game two arrives that it's going to be Utah coming back strong That because that usually is what happens – as far as these series are concerned, the the team that got upset will come back strong in the next game. But they'll also have back Mr. Mitchell. They'll have, they'll have back Mitchell coming back for this game. He's been hurt for a while with the ankle. And he was, to his disagreement, the medical training staff held him out the very last minute for game one. And he was reportedly, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, very upset about that. So I want to hear your thoughts. I'll start with you, El Rob, on that. Mitchell, you know, obviously he's been trying to overcome that ankle injury, and he just got back to the lineup last week as the season ended. And he was ready, in his opinion, to go ahead in game one. And they pulled yeah. him a second and was livid about that happening. I want to hear your thoughts on this going forward. I think that Utah will still win the series, but – could this lay the foundation for Mitchell maybe not being or maybe not staying his entire contract in Utah? Yeah, absolutely. Anytime a player come out and they, they are that upset with the management, that's not that's that's never good. But, you know, that's a tough call. I mean, this is your franchise player. You got to protect him from, from himself sometimes. And Utah training staff management has nothing to gain by holding him out. So. Obviously, if they held them out, they thought it was in, in their best interest in their long-term value and protecting, you know, their investments. So I can understand him wanting to play as the playoff, and he felt he wanted to play. So I can see both sides of that. But, yes, that's the kind of stuff that starts to start some unhappiness and those seeds are being sown. And, yeah, so I can see that being a problem for him down the road. But as far as the actual on-the-court performance, I don't know what we're going to get from him. He's been out for a month. Memphis is playing good ball, so this is going to be a tough game tomorrow. I still think Utah will pull it out, but, yeah, it's it better. They don't want to go down 2-0 to Memphis and let this team get any more confidence. 
and then going back up to the grindhouse, that would not be good. Yeah, you saw what happened in Golden State when you give a team like that confidence in that fourth quarter, and you saw how in OT, how they took over. Laker Tom, I wanted to ask you, I mean, do you see something happening there? Do you see a glimmer of hope for Memphis that they, since they already took the lead and there's a little bit of uh, anger and dissension in the ranks at Utah, do you see this as a, maybe like a like a small crack that's starting to open up a little bit and that window of opportunity opening up for Memphis? I think it's a possibility. There was all of this talk way back in the early part of, of the season about Utah's players being split into two factions, the Gobert faction and the Donovan Mitchell faction. Donovan Mitchell faction. And and I've read two or three little tweets and articles that have sort of referred to that as having emerged again as a problem for for the Jazz. The big question for the Jazz all season long has been great regular season team, don't have a superstar, can they really win in the playoffs? And I think that having any sort of internal problems that offset that continuity that that they've had because they brought back almost their their entire team and was able to get favors back into the roster. And, and so you thought that this is a team that's really perfectly made for winning in the bubble or winning in the anti-bubble that we're in right now. And if there was a chance for Utah to to really show that they could be a playoff team, even though they're, they lack some of the superstar shine that some of the other teams have, this year might be their year. Losing the first game at home is not the way to start that off. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how desperate they are. And the big problem with a team like, like the Jazz is when they lose, it's usually because they can't hit their threes. They have the biggest three-point differential of any team in the league, meaning that they allow fewer. The difference between the threes they make and the threes they allow is greater than any other team. So they better be shooting hot. They better be shooting hot in, in the game tomorrow or they could really give Memphis the confidence that they could really pull off an upset. I mean, I don't know when's the last time we've had a, an eight over one upset. Wasn't it Denver with Matumbo grabbing the ball? Remember he was on the ground? Might have been. Might have been. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if that's the last time. I think the Mavericks might have um, uh, lost one. I think it was in Gold State Mavericks. That was eight one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. I just remember the I, iconic know, if, moment with Matumbo. They're gonna have to, if, if Memphis is going to win, they're going to have to probably win tomorrow night. Yeah. And if they win tomorrow night, then they have a shot at it. Yeah. Um, yep. it's, it's definitely going to put a test on Utah as to whether or not they have players who can. I mean, what happens in these games is just like we saw tonight with the Lakers. We won the game because our superstars played like superstars. Every once in a while, you can have a regular guy on the team, a regular role player, come out and play like a superstar. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's capable of doing that. There's several guys. There's certain John Jordan Clarkson. There's several guys on the Jazz who are capable. Well, Donovan of Mitchell, I think, is an all-star, bordering yeah. on a superstar. But he's also coming off of a, of a long period of inaction yeah. and yeah, so forth, true. and and. Uh, and again, it's it's not like the playoff experience you get from a LeBron James who's been in you know God knows how many playoffs. That stat that they had that you know he's never been down two years in the league. He has never been 0-2 yeah in a in first, the first round. round or second round of a playoff. Exactly. 
Uh, that's just incredible. I mean, just just the law of averages. You would say that he he had to have had that happen to him at some at some point in some game. Do you think period. he knows that? I think he knows that. Maybe oh, yeah. LeBron knows every. He could yeah. probably he could probably take you through every single playoff game that he's played. I have a hard time remembering the ending of the last book I read, or the last movie I saw. You know, but I think LeBron, LeBron is almost didactic memory in that sense that he knows all of the plays. I remember, I remember in the Warriors game where Steph Curry was commenting at the end of the game that we'd come down and get ready to run our play, and LeBron is already telling all of the Lakers where to go because he knows all of the plays that they run because we played them so many times. You know, so it's just. It's just a whole different situation when you have superstars, and and that's that still is the big concern with the uh, Utah Jazz. That do they really have a superstar, and how will the confidence all of those good shooting role players be when they've got to fire away and shoot? The only thing I'd say that is, uh, like you said, it lot lies on donovan mitchell's shoulders because he is that one player who can go off for 40 50 clarkson give give you a 20 30 point game i think ingles can shoot very hot if you if you get leave him open but it's mitchell is that guy that really can go ahead and space out i mean we saw last year when he was doing that in that first round that just one of the best first rounds ever yeah. with him and murray just going off for 50 each that, game. that battle between him and murray was was yeah. epic for the ages. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he can do for you. But how injured is he? That's the question. Yeah. That's yeah. the question indeed. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Again, everyone, this is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there. B, Felix, everybody out there that's had a great time watching us and listening to us today. But before we head on out, oh, yes, all credit to you. All credit to you on the chat board out there and all credit to you watching out there so much. We cannot thank you enough, as always. Get hundreds and thousands of views each and every year so far. We've been doing this, so we cannot thank you enough. It's all because of you that we are doing this and appreciate everyone downloading. If you have a friend that loves Lakers or loves the NBA, please go ahead and give them a heads up on the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com, and also the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Three great places to go to for your latest news and information on the Lakers and the NBA. But guys, before we head on out, we're going to talk about not only what you're expecting, El Rob, on Thursday – but also as well, Laker Tom, what you got coming up for Lakerholics.com. So I'll start with you, L. Rob, my friend. What are you expecting the Lakers to go ahead and do? Because you, like we've always said, even when you win in the playoffs, it's always adjustments. So what do you think the Lakers do to need maybe some tweaks that might be necessary in order to go ahead and ensure a victory in game three on Thursday? Nope, I think they ride the wave of momentum created from winning this game. I think AD 
plays solid. LeBron does what he does. And, you know, I think the the role players are going to step up and, and, and all play well. And the Lakers will cruise to a comfortable, comfortable win in game three. So I'm expecting the Lakers to play, you know, their best game of the series. But Laker Tom, the last couple of minutes, I'm leaving to you, my friend. I know you're working hard on some great stuff at Lakerholics.com. I was hoping Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet, and Sean Grice, our basketball historian, to stop by on the show today, but they couldn't. I also want to give a big shout-out to Rafael Barlow, who is traveling all over. In fact, he was in meetings, I think, in South Carolina on his social media today. So the man travels everywhere, so I know he's really busy, but he's going to try and hop in when he can. Big shout-out to him. Make sure you catch his shows as well. The awesome Locked On NBA Draft podcast, and, of course, everything that he does for NBA Draft Junkies. But, but for you, my friend, Mr. Laker Tom, what are you working on? at Lakerholics.com. Frank Vogel's the defensive coach. And even though we've had two pretty good defensive performances, I thought we would have held them under 100 tonight if it hadn't been for two silly fouls on three-point shots at the end of the game. The, what the man wants perfection. <laughs> well, you know, it's you hate to see, you hate to see Take the w. game change by that. Take the W. W. We still see a problem with the lock and trail. They just cannot stay in front of either Payne or Booker. And as a result, they're doing this lock and trail to follow them around the screen. And then Payne and Booker are putting are putting them on their hip and getting these little mid-range jump shots. Or all the way for a layup. Oh, yeah. And Chris Paul, the same thing. And and like you said, at that point in time, that automatically turns into a two-on-one because the big man's got to come out and challenge that person who's, who's gotten into the paint. And you either do a fadeaway jumper then, or you pass the pass or throw a lob to the big. So I think that we're going to see maybe more trapping and catch hedgings to prevent those players from penetrating. We haven't done a good job on that against Booker or against Payne. Both of them seem to be able to, to get by the initial defender in the perimeter and so the solution that we've done in the past in those situations has always been the trap and to, you know, take our big out there and force the ball into somebody else's hands. And I think that that's basically what we're going to see Frank Vogel try to do. I'd like to see us hold them under 100 again, but have a wire to wire victory, like Lee said on, on Thursday, and take a two to one lead going into Sunday's game and hopefully be able to come back and have a five game series win. Well, look who showed up in the last minute last of the minute broadcast. Akbar. <laughs> look who showed up. Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet. We'll, we'll, we'll go into overtime for you. So before Thank we you. Head I on appreciate out, it. I appreciate it. I'm going to leave the last few minutes for you. Your thoughts on the game and what you're working on. And finally, so it's going to be a three-parter. Number three, what you're looking for the Lakers to do in game three on Thursday. The recipe for success is play harder. Everybody played a lot harder, I thought. I thought our energy was really solid throughout the game. This was a really well-fought game from both teams. I thought Phoenix is going to be really difficult for a lot of years if they can continue this sort of defensive, gritty, attacking offense that they have. And I thought we came out great. I think that Thomas hit the head of the nail on the issue of, is Frank Vogel really going to force it to Drummond? I think the answer to that question is yes. I think we've seen that beyond a shadow of a doubt that like the Lakers are going to maybe kind of ride or die on Drummond, at least in the the one and the three quarters to kick Cavs off. 
I was really impressed with tonight's win. I thought the Lakers did a really great job on defense, and I'm excited about game three. I don't know that we're going to win it, but I think we've got a good shot. What? <laughs> I'm serious. You're calling it a trap know? game? Are you I'm calling, calling it a trap game? I'm calling it a trap game, man. I'm calling it a trap game. Come on, man. No trap games in the playoffs. Cut that guy off. I would say yes, normally, Lee. Normally, I would say yes, but this is why I think it might be because I'm curious if there's another adjustment that the Lakers are going to make. Like, are they going to buy into the idea that this was the winning formula or did this work tonight? Well, you don't know if AD is going to get 21 free throws again. Right. Like, there were a lot of, I felt like, outlying factors in this game that you won't necessarily be able to replicate. You could argue the same, though, for game one. Should we have missed 12 free throws or 11 free throws in game one? You know, that's the thing, though, with this Laker team is that I feel like there's such a degree of variance to this Laker team this season because of a lot of, and in the playoffs, I feel like it's magnified a little bit because there's a lot of untested, I'm in this role playoff guys. Drummond's one of those guys, unfortunately. And I'm just curious to see if we, if we come out with the same energy that we came out with tonight, I like our chances in any game. And that's kind of the big question. Is this an energy level? This team is ready to sustain with all the injuries, with the shortened season, with the compressed schedule, injuries to superstars. Can this level of energy be brought out every single night or most nights over the course of a seven-game series for us to win? And I want to say that they can. I just don't know that it'll happen in game three. Well, we'll see what happens in game three. Will all of us, Lakers fans, Lakers fast break listeners, Lakerholic.com readers. All of us hope that Jamie Sweet is absolutely wrong. I hope on I'm his wrong. prediction for a trap game and that Admiral Akbar will stay at the space base based over <laughs> Tatooine or somewhere. Just you know, just stay away. Stay away. So we're hoping that a good game three is in order for the Lakers as they match up against the Suns. If you have any questions for us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, at LakersFastBreak on Twitter, also at LakerTom on Twitter. Plus, if you want to go ahead and be part of our awesome group on Facebook, just type in Lakerholics and we'll let you right in. The Lakers Fast Break Facebook page, plus also as well, or on YouTube, you can go ahead and like and subscribe there. All of our great videos, we've got a ton of them already there on YouTube. Plus, if you just want to go ahead and listen to us in the car, you can catch us every Sunday morning dash radio wherever you get your podcasts. And then we're, of course, we're just a proud, proud part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network at hoopheadspod.com. Well, guys, it's been a great evening. Once again, the Lakers are victorious, 109 102. And combining that with another Clippers loss. I know. Who's stopping Luca? Yeah, who's stopping Luca? Well, obviously, the Clippers aren't right now. They're doing a terrible job on defense, but the Lakers are actually doing a pretty darn good job on defense. And you know what? Let's hope that keeps on going and that Jamie Sweet is wrong. And you can find out that on Thursday for the game there. And after that, we'll be back once again, hopefully to maybe give a razzing to Jamie Sweet. Hopefully when he's wrong, we're all hoping. Did I say hope enough there? But we will be back on Thursday. After the game, the Lakers Suns game three in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Plus, we'll give you an update on what's going on in the NBA playoffs right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.